Welcome to the Content Rocks Podcast, a show about all things content by Kentico, .NET, and Azure for people who want to learn more about headless technology. And now, here's your host, Brian McKeever. All right, welcome everyone to the Content Rocks Podcast. This is your host, Brian McKeever. As the intro said, I'm very excited today because I have a special guest with me, which you can see if you're watching the video, but if you're just listening... Brian Soltis, welcome to the show again. Thank you, Brian. It's uh, it's good to be back. Awesome. I, I've missed it. This is a, a nice, familiar home that I it always is. enjoyed being a part of. So the the topic <laughs> for this episode is Azure Logic Apps. Okay, we have an expert in the room, literally in the room with me, to talk about that with his experience. I've used it as well. People on my team have used it. It's a great component of the stack of serverless technologies that Azure offers. So we're very excited about it, and we'll talk about how it connects to content.ai as well. So before, before we get into the actual tech stuff, I just, first of all, want to say it's amazing that we're here on the beach in Florida again. It's like a redo of an episode we did a couple years ago. It took us like three years to recreate yeah, this. Yeah. But that's back when Brian actually worked at Kentico, and that's changed. So I thought maybe for anyone who's been a part of the community for a while, Brian, can you just kind of update us on what the heck you do these days? Sure. Um, first, I, I always want to just give thanks to my time at Kentico. I, I absolutely loved being part of that community, working with developers. I like to talk to people, and I like to show you interesting things. And I got to do a whole bunch of that around the world. And so I, I'll always be thankful for Kentico for that opportunity. But if anyone's talked to me for more than about 10 seconds, they'll know that I really love working with Azure. And it really is ever since I started using it in like 2010 before it was released, I knew it was a passion of mine. I knew I loved developing application in Azure. I don't really care anything about servers or networks or IP addresses. I care about developing applications and solutions using Azure. So when I left Kentico, I actually came to work in Microsoft. I actually worked in the services component and I I had a single client that I basically handled fires for them all day. I would manage their critical support tickets and things like that. The problem is I never got to do anything. I always, I was basically a project manager and I had to spend a lot of hours on phone calls and I never got to do anything. So I picked this fantastic time of March of 2020 to accept a new job as a cloud solution architect. So. The interesting thing, so a cloud solution architect is really about helping customers architect solutions, overcome technical challenges as they try to implement Microsoft technologies, of all things. The interesting part is I actually work for Microsoft Germany. And everyone's like, oh, you speak German and you go to Germany all the time. None and no. I have yet to be able to go to Germany. Microsoft Germany is one of the largest subsidiaries of Microsoft. And they have a bunch of customers that are in all places Germany. And so there's about 100, 120 something cloud solution architects in Germany that support those customers. Well, the very large customers also has offices in the US and the North and South America. They need the cloud solution architect support as well. So there's a much smaller team of us in the US that support them. And these are all very large German customers, SAP, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Bosch, Allianz, all the big German names. We basically support them and provide that technical guidance. Specifically, I focus on application innovation. It's all about architecting solutions from a development perspective for the cloud. That's what I do. Awesome. So a CSA is a term that not everyone may be familiar with. Right. I, you've talked to me quite a bit about what you do, but it, it, it sounds like you have 
uh, a consultant take on solutions and like you're, you're maybe sharing some best practices or even prototyping some things for them? Sometimes it actually involves all of that. It's the CSA position, it, it's really easy to get very focused on a technical problem. We're trying to deploy this container and it's not support. Once it's deployed, that's our support team. But before, while they're developing it, the CSA's role is to kind of help you overcome that technical challenge. But you're absolutely right. It's a much bigger picture. And I'm really, I'm really expected to leverage a holistic view of the customer. I talk to them, what are your business goals? What are you trying to achieve? So not only help them solve a technical challenge, but is this the best way for you to do it? Are these the best services and how you're using it? Does it make sense? What is it you're trying to accomplish? What are the requirements of the project that you're on? And as you know, as a consultant, you can't just focus on one thing. You have to look at that bigger picture. And I do that on the daily. Great, right. Well, that's kind of why I'm excited to have you back on the show because some of the things that you do in this realm applies to the conference that we're both at right now, Code on the Beach. On You're going to give a, a session or actually a workshop right. about Logic Apps. Azure Logic Apps. And, um, and I'm excited to go to that. That's actually in like two hours. So we're doing this really right. quick so that we can actually make sure he gets to his workshop on time. That's right. I have five labs for people to do. Brian has not done any of the labs, so we're going to see. We're going to test his chops a little bit. I'm in. See how he does. But yeah, so the, the session is on Azure Logic Apps. And Azure Logic Apps is the workflow automation component of the Azure Stack. And what that means is there's a lot of terms that everyone will come up with a million definitions for, but serverless to me is very similar to PaaS in that you don't focus on the app, you don't focus on the architecture, you don't focus on the infrastructure, you don't focus on the resources that are applied to it. You just develop your solution and you worry about focusing on that. When you have something like Azure Functions, it's obviously let's say a compartmentalized function or code that will execute and accomplish something. If you go down the route of app services, then that's a, obviously a more complete application, a, a full solution that I do deploy. But the logic apps component is really about making things happen in an automated fashion. Mm -hmm. And logic apps themselves, it's a workflow engine. So you can have a number of triggers that cause your logic apps to happen. It can be on demand. So every logic app has a unique URL that's to, that's allocated to it. So you have to be unique if you're naming every logic app because it has a unique URL. You can put custom domain in front of that if you wanted your own custom domain for it, that's a, as, as well. You can have logic apps that run on a schedule. You can have logic apps that are triggered by a particular event, like say a service bus queue gets a new message or an Azure storage account gets a new file or a file uploaded. All of those can trigger the logic app to execute. And once it executes, then you have what are called connectors. And connectors allow you to interact with various things. We have a bunch of built-in connectors that do really, let's say, basic rudimentary things. I would like to concatenate two strings together. There's a basically a built-in connector that does that. I would like to parse this JSON into... into something else, or I know it's JSON, but I, it's not structured, I can parse that, and now I have strongly typed JSON structures to work with within the logic app. Mm -hmm. You can define variables mm -hmm. and set variables and reset them. These are all, let's say, the built-in standard things that you can do within the logic app. In addition to that, we have a lot of connectors um, to many of all things, Azure services, because it all runs in Azure, but I can say, Accept this JSON request into my Azure Logic app 
parse it, and then let's send a piece of that JSON over to an Azure function where it can go do something you want it to do. Maybe it puts it in backwards order or something. And then you get that back, and then now I have this transformed bit of data Then I can continue working within the Logic app. Azure Functions is a really big component. They work very well hand-in-hand -hand with Logic Apps to do that. In addition to that, you'll have almost every other Azure service has some sort of integration. If you want to interact with an AKS environment, Azure Kubernetes service, if you want to interact with a container app, if you want to interact with um, Office 365, you can set up an automated approval email so that let's say we do that data and it comes back and it's this particular type of data but before you want to process it further you want to send an approval email to somebody you can say send an email through office 365 to this recipient or this distribution list and then someone in there they'll have an approve or deny button and the logic app will actually pause at that point waiting for the response of that mm -hmm. and then from there you can then continue to process or not process or maybe you can just post a message into a team's channel or a Slack channel or any other messaging system that you want. Just I'm, like people, when I explain Logic Apps, I just kind of said this, this hypothetical scenario. I want you to think about what it would take to build that in an application. You absolutely could build a scheduler. You could build something to parse JSON. That's not hard. You could use the Office 365 APIs to interact with that and send emails. Everything I just told you about, you can build in a matter of, I will literally say seconds. Mm -hmm. And I used to do this talk in in a number of sessions before I was even actually with Microsoft of when I talked about logic apps. And my scenario was, we're going to have a logic app that looks for a particular Twitter hashtag. And when it finds that hashtag, I'm going to take it. I'm going to send it to Azure Cognitive Services to translate it. But first, I'm going to look at the sentiment of it to see was it a nice was it a nice message mm -hmm. or was it not. Mm -hmm. And if it was a nice message, then I'm going to send it over to Azure um, Cognitive Services to translate it. I'm going to get the translated code back, send an email to myself to whether or not I'm going to approve it or deny it. And if I approve it, then I'm going to post it back to Twitter. And I would spend like 20 to 25 minutes explaining this process to the to the developers I was presenting this to. And it took me usually about a minute and 10 seconds to build it. That's what Logic Apps can do. It's yeah. a powerful workflow automation engine. And in addition to that, there are connectors for things like Salesforce, Dynamics CRM, SQL Server, FTP servers. Various companies can build their own connectors. You can build your own connector to interact with your API. People will often also take their Logic Apps because it is an endpoint if you have the HTTP trigger and they put that behind API management. Mm -hmm. So now Logic Apps that logic app can become an API endpoint that then you can just expose or we'd like to do it. Yep. So very, very powerful. As you can't tell, I like talking about them. I love working with them. And I'm really excited about our workshop coming up because I want to see what people can do with them. Right. Right. That last part, I actually have a blog post on mypeeve.com about API management on top of logic apps. Oh, it's, so, it's, so it's amazing. You know, plug there. I'll put that in the, the link at the bottom of the show notes. <clears throat> and you might be listening and thinking, hey, we're on the Content Rocks podcast. And we just talked about kind of a generic Microsoft product. Well, how does that tie into the workflow that you may have with your content project? And the the, the basic example is really the fact that with web, the webhook system that content has and the ability to subscribe to events like a content item has been published or a new thing has been added that's in draft mode, all, all the different ways that you can listen and subscribe to events with the content AI workflow, 
those actually can shoot out webhooks. And sometimes when you have a static site generator, whether it's Gatsby or static in the .NET world, like I, I talked about in my last episode, that's the thing that can actually tell your build that, hey, I need a new build. So when you're using these technologies, you can actually incorporate the webhook to the endpoint that Brian mentioned and have it say, trigger a new build in GitHub or other tooling that you may have. And it really can combine the workflow aspect of content marketer has published a new page. Oh, I have a static site generator. I need to listen to that and I need to build out a new build and publish that to staging or maybe even production. Logic apps can be that middle component that can do that. It's the workflow that you can craft and control however you want with all these connectors that we just mentioned and do these special things with. And that's the the reason we want to talk about on the podcast because people have asked me that question. Well, how do how do I do this in in the Azure world with with using a Jamstack site that may be powered by Content AI? So that's really wanted to go into it. And I think it's a super powerful technique that brings all the systems together. Right. And actually you brought up a really good point. So I was going to tell everyone, I I still use content from my own personal website because mm-hmm. it's just it's a great solution and I've always used it ever since it was released and long after my time at Kentico, I still use it. I also use Azure Search. And so, you know, when you have new content, you have to rebuild your indexes yep. and do these things. When I first implemented it, I would have my content use a webhook to call an Azure function. And that function had the search SDK and it would rebuild my index and do whatever the fun things I want to do. But I actually have since expanded on that. And now instead of content webhook calling my my Azure function, it calls an Azure logic app. And inside the logic app, I can use logic of all things to look at, is this a page I want to necessarily update in my search index? Do Do I want to process it? And adding that conditional logic is very simple inside of a logic app. It's a drag and drop UI and it's very easy to define conditions and have parallel actions if you want them to do it. But I use a logic app to determine, do I want to process this into my Azure search SDK and into my Azure search index? And that is obviously a very situational thing and that's that's more on like a content publishing side. But you brought up a very good point if you're using something like Jamstack or Gatsby or something that's producing these static web apps, that often will be in GitHub and you'll have a GitHub action that will execute and make something happen. It's going to build your application, it's going to deploy, it's going to do whatever. Mm-hmm. But maybe you have multiple ones that deploy to multiple things. There's a GitHub connector for logic apps. And so you can execute a number of GitHub steps or actions or I don't, I'm using the word action. I don't mean it in the sense of you can execute a GitHub action, but you can do things within your GitHub environment conditionally based off of what is happening. So as so you said, like you, maybe like approving a PR. Yes, you can approve a PR, you can create an issue, you can you can create a, a pull request, you can mm-hmm. do that. You can do all these things. And again, the logic app aspect is you don't have to build a lot of the ancillary things that you would need to do it. You certainly could write code and say, do I want to process this or do I not have that be in an Azure function in your Kentico or your content webhook is just calling that endpoint and calling the Azure function and doing that. This allows you to abstract even a lot of that functionality, put it in the logic app in a very graphical method, and still interact with your GitHub and your content environment. And you can export your logic apps and store them in your source control. So once you define your logic app, it's a complete JSON 
uh, definition of the Logic App, and yep. you can then keep that and, and store it wherever you need to. So it's a great holistic solution that really binds a lot of things together. And anytime you talk about automation, you're removing a human from the equation. Mm -hmm. You're implementing perhaps the beginning of Skynet. I don't know, but it, it definitely makes your life much easier. And that's really where the power of Logic Apps comes into play. It's very simple workflow automation implementation. And I want to add one other value point that Logic Apps offers <clears throat> that isn't always called out because as, as you just mentioned, developers could build all these things. We could spend Absolutely. all the time doing that. But you know what? That would mean that we own those things and we have to maintain them as there APIs change over time. Right. That all goes away with Logic Apps. If GitHub changes its internal API and exposes some new thing, Microsoft's connector team is, is handling, updating and maintaining that process so that your action or your, your process step inside of the Logic App is still going to work over time. I've been a part of so many hey, we built this cool internal project that did this integration here and here. That person leaves after three years of being at the company and then no one knows what went into making that awesome magic happen. And that internal project just kind of fails over time because no one's maintaining it and doing upkeep as, like we have a, a Logic app that integrates Jira with, with Slack at BizStream and um, we don't have it anymore because it, there, maintaining it just failed. The person left now we have just the logic app that just kind of does it for us like building it custom has that maintenance over time thing that most people forget about we're using a SaaS based solution like logic apps um, takes away that responsibility and i i'm a big fan of no longer building custom things that no one knows how the heck it's going to work over time there you go i mean that's that's the point is you put it yeah. take a human out of the equation one last brief point on logic apps just so make sure everyone's aware of it I believe the last count I think I saw was over like 600 connectors. Yeah. The Microsoft has built most of them to all kinds of systems, not necessarily Microsoft systems, other systems as well. Mm -hmm. You can build your own connectors. So if you had an API, and maybe your company's in the business of having an API that you expose to people and you want them to consume it, or maybe that's just something you want to have, you can build your own connector and use it in your Logic Apps. You can go through a verification process with Microsoft to allow other people to use that connector in their Logic Apps as well. Right. So it's called custom connectors if that's something you're looking into. Um, as part of my session today, I have five labs that the attendees are going to go through to build these Logic Apps. And they focus on very different topics and their varied levels of difficulty. I will have you put the link to that GitHub repo in this video yeah. description. Yeah. And so if you're interested, it's a great way to kind of see various things that you can do with Logic Apps. Mm -hmm. It's step-by-step -step examples with pictures. You can do almost all of them fairly easily. There's a couple that maybe require you to have a Slack team that you create or something like that. But I'll put it in, in the description and it'll be a, a really interesting way for me to give back a little bit again yeah. to the Kentico community. Well, as you can tell, we could probably talk about this subject for hours at a time. But you know what? I've got to get this guy to his <clears throat> talk. And we also have to eat lunch before all this. So we're going to let everyone go. Hope you learned a little bit today about Azure Logic Apps and how Brian's doing. It's good to see you. Thank you again for coming on the show again. Dude, Always thank you for having me. I love it. Uh, and with that, we'll let you all go. I'm going to go enjoy the warm weather in Atlantic Beach, Florida. Because it's like 90 and humid and it's crazy here. Super nice. Some of these Michigan guys can't take the yeah, heat. Yeah. Uh, but this has been the Content Rex Podcast. Appreciate you all listening. Links will be at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, until next time, thank you. Thank you.